0: Hi, my name is Ricky Zager. We're here today with Otis Wilder from OLITS. And this podcast sort of started with a conversation between Otis and myself. He was telling me that he was going to be uh, teaching a class online. And I was really fascinated with the process of it. I wanted to know from the very beginning... How do you get going with this? And then not only that, but as you go into the course development process and as you're actually teaching the course, what changes can you make? And when you see things developing throughout the course, how can you change as you teach? And so Otis and I were talking and we decided, let's do a podcast. And I have some natural curiosities about this process because I've never taught online. And I thought that we could go through this and sort of learn. So joining me today is Otis. And um, first, let's start off by just giving them a brief history, Otis, of how you began to be teaching this course and what the course is. Okay.
1: Well, after I, uh, I mean, I studied psychology here at USF St. Pete, and I absolutely just love the subject matter, um, all different aspects of psychology. And originally, I thought I was going to get go for a PhD. Um, but then when I sort of looked at what my life goals were, that kind of didn't match up. So I started looking for alternatives, and one of the things that I found at the University of Central Florida was a a master's degree called Applied Learning and Instruction. And so it used education psychology along with some uh, technical training and instructional design training, and it kind of combined the two. And I was like, well, that sounds fun. Let's do that. Um, I actually asked Dr. Bill Heller. Um, if he knew what an instructional designer was because I'd never heard of one <laughs> and um, he said, well you should go talk to Carla so uh, I set up a meeting with Carla and uh, that went really well and that was during the time when we were transitioning from blackboard to canvas at the university and uh, Carla told David about me and he was like, hey we need some help doing that and so I started off essentially as a student worker here and um, going through that process while I was getting my master's degree. And so after I finished my master's degree, you know, one thing leads to another, and here I am, the professional development coordinator, and helping to teach faculty um, a lot of different things about pedagogy and stuff like that. And so, of course, a natural extension of that was me wanting to teach online. I wanted the experience to be able to actually do it. And uh, I, so I just kept bugging Dr. Pezzo until he let me teach psychology of learning because I knew it wasn't offered here anymore. Our faculty member had retired, and uh, so he was finally said yes, and here I am.
0: That's awesome. It sounds like a really organic process. I mean, you kind of yeah. just sort of almost, I wouldn't say fell into it, but sort of in that way. You just sort of developed and kind of took a step-by-step approach to being here. Um, now, the psychology of learning, that's something that I know in our conversations, you know, Otis, that we've had throughout the last year and a half or so that I've been here. Um you are passionate about the psychology of learning. There's no doubt about that. Oh, and yeah. you you've studied, you've researched, and you've done all the types of things like that to be prepared for this. But I think my biggest question, you know, if I'm going to be starting uh, teaching online or face-to-face for that matter, uh is where do you start? If somebody says, "Hey, you're going to teach the psychology of learning. What is the process as an instructor? Where do you begin? What's the like what's the first step?" Well, for me the first step
1: was, you know, finding the treaded waters that came before me and and figuring out from that if there were any needs from the department. Um, So I uh, actually, because I took the psychology of learning class here as an undergrad um, from that retired professor, and I talked to Dr. Pezzo about it, and he was like, no, man, this is your class, and you get to do, you know, mold it in your fashion. It needs updating, you know what I mean, and then let's go ahead and do that. And I was like, woohoo. So from there, I was sort of given this this giant palette um, from a very broad subject to be able to bring it to a class. And so um, the first thing that I did was I started looking, saying, okay, well, do I wanna use a textbook as the framework for this course? And is there a textbook out there that basically shares the same values? Um, what I mean by that is that there, there are things that I think are important in psychology of learning that I wanted to share and a lot of those things aren't traditionally taught in this course because it focuses really on behaviorism which is you know all the work of Skinner and Thorndike and Watson and all those sort of guys that talk, taught us conditioning and operant conditioning and all of those sorts of things. Those are all powerful but it's not the whole story. We have this whole other world of learning psychology that's out there that's based in education psych. That's amazing and um, has a lot of good research out there. So that's the thing that I wanted to impart on the students. And then so from there, it was like, okay, well, now I know I'm going to teach it online. And so from that delivery method, how am I going to express these things and how do I do that? So I just, I thought about it for a long time. I mean, I knew I was going to teach the class, what, back in May, I think he finally gave me the approval. Okay. So yeah. I've been working on it all this time. Yeah, and
0: you've, and you've, like I said, this has been a passion of yours. And then you sort of get this carte blanche. And whatever you want to do, sort of you can highlight what you want and you can work it that way. And I know that's not always the experience for all faculty members. Right. Sometimes you are teaching someone else's course, and that sort of stuff has all been figured out. And maybe you have a little bit of leeway. Um, and I know just working with some adjuncts. Um, here recently I've, I've heard people say well I didn't know I could do something a little differently in the course that's other people so that process is the next part that I think I'm really curious about is so whether you have sort of material that's already been given or whether you've been giving objectives and saying this is what you have to teach and here are the materials or whether you're starting completely from scratch like you've done that process of how do you know if you're teaching online versus face-to-face? Do you have a different approach? I mean, I know that the idea is and what what we talk about is that they're, they should be the same face-to-face experience online. We know that's not 100% accurate because it can never be exactly the same. Um, when you find out you're teaching an online course and let's say you either have material or don't, doesn't matter, what are some of the ways that you try to make this more of an engaging or active learning process? How do you do that especially considering online? What are the, some of the things you could do? In other words, if somebody already had objectives and already had course materials, or if someone's starting from scratch like you, what are some of the things you put inside your head when you think about active learning and how you can, how you can make that happen online? The first thing I think really
1: does come from the uh, conception of course objectives. So you, you really have to start with what is it that you want the students to know? Now, one of the things that I see that I I feel like I take maybe a slightly different approach than what I've seen is that I I tried to really focus on big goals first. So what is it that two, ten years from now, whatever the case is, is that the student remembers about my course. Those are the things that have real value to me. Um, They're not going to remember a lot of the details. So I'm not worried about dates. I'm not worried about, you know, names and things like that necessarily. I'm far more worried about them understanding the concepts that I want them to carry with them that have long-term value. And so while that obviously will vary dramatically from one discipline to another, one course to another, I still think that you start off with, okay, so what is it that I need them to carry forward from this? So if the, your class is sort of a one-off, you know, in other words, you're they're taking it as an elective or whether they're it's another step in their major and perhaps even grad school forward that they're gonna be applying this. You still; Those are still core things that you have to come up with. From there, that really sets the bar for the whole course. Then you have to figure out, okay, so online is just a delivery method. That's all that it is. The principles of how you teach and the core things that are important in teaching are the same. It's feedback. It's that when when you give something to a student, you as the faculty member have to assess whether or not that student understands that concept. So those core things that you, that you value are your students understanding that in a way that lets you know that they've gotten it. So that process is, is where everything starts from. It's the font from which everything's bringing.
0: So basically, when you're whether you are creating the objectives yourself or whether they've been created for you, you're looking at exactly what these objectives are, whether it's the wording of them or just what, what they are in general or what you want your students to be carrying forward after this course. And then you're just, you're, you're, you're paring that down and you're saying, how can I get my students to actually carry these actual objectives, whatever they might be, whether it's identify, whether it's discuss, whatever it might be that you want them to be able to do after this course you're trying to come up with activities that are going to make that happen. Right.
1: So first, you know, if, if you kind of think of this is what I want them to know, and then from what I want them to know, you know, you can take different tacks, but one good way to do it is saying, okay, well, how am I going to assess that? And then from that assessment, so whether you're not, you're, you feel like, okay, a multiple choice test is, is appropriate for this or whether it's discussions or whatever it is. But When you say, I want them to carry away, like a a great example is I had a faculty member said that I want them to have an appreciation for my discipline. And I was like, okay, well, how are you going to teach appreciation? Well, because that's a value-based principle. So that to me comes from sharing, and it comes from stories, and it comes from a, a certain amount of vulnerability to where you open yourself up to these kinds of things. So I said, if you want students to appreciate it, then you have to show them how you appreciate it. You have to model that for them, so they get it. So how do you do that? And then how do you assess that? And then from there, what materials and content and activities are going to foster appreciation for this? One of the most important things in that is relevance, is you know the, the content that you're teaching, you have to find connections to make it relevant to that student's life. That's how you build appreciation. So. That's just one example of something that you can do, and it's it's a lot of work. It really is. I mean, it's super easy just to grab a book and say, you know, okay, well, chapter one. Here, we're going to do this, and and here's your test. Um, I'm, I'm not degrading that by any stretch of the imagination. Sometimes that's appropriate, and that's fine, and if that's what people choose to do, that's great, but um, it's just much harder when you're coming from that sort of open-ended, I can do whatever I want perspective. Or even if you have objectives, within those objectives, what do I want them to carry forward and how am I going to express that and all of those sorts of things? Yeah,
0: no, I, to me, you know, the, the, the thing about having students learn and have certain get that imp- appreciation is that passion that you have as an instructor uh, as a high school teacher that's that's what I went you know as my sort of go to with the students trying to relate to them as you talked about things that are going on in their lives and try to just show them why it's why it's interesting to me you know that's how you that's how yeah. students are going to find it interesting because otherwise they're going to have to make it up on their own and we know students aren't going to just do that on their own so you have to sort of help them sort of spoon-feed it to them sometimes but i think what i want to do now otis is you know, we've talked about some generalities and some ways that if you're sort of starting a course, maybe a little approach that you might take, whether you have objectives or not. But what I would like to do is, you know, one of the things that, you know, I know that really kind of gets you going in terms of professional development and wanting other professors to sort of take a leap is to try to do some of these. You mentioned feedback and you mentioned, you know, trying to get these type of objectives carried forward for the students so in your online course um, I I know because we've discussed this a little bit you have some some ideas about um, sort of changing the focus to participation in certain things and then your feedback in those things to sort of cultivate what you were talking about is there a particular assignment you know coming up here as we're beginning classes today is your, your, your class is officially live now Yes. Okay. Today. So today it just started, which is what I think is really cool about this whole process. Is, you know, I'm going to, I'd like to interview a few more times throughout this semester and really sort of find out what's happening in this course, (laughs) man. Is it, is it going, is it going the way you thought it would? Is it, how are you, you know, changing that? I think for me, my anxiety, if I was to be an adjunct or to be teaching a course um, online, especially, I think I would just, you know, all these things that, we believe are going to work. (laughs) And we know based on things we've researched should work. You know, do they work and how do they work and how do you, you know, evolve and adapt? So I guess what I would like to sort of do is, is there something coming up here this first week or the second week that you've put in place to do one of those things, to get that feedback or to have you give that feedback and have your students participate? And how are you setting it up and what are you nervous about? And then let's maybe we can go from there.
1: Okay. So as part of this, I really felt like that the students in this particular class, psychology of learning, that they needed to, it needed to be sort of a personal journey. I really wanted them to understand how they learn in context to how human beings learn. And so there's a lot of experiential reporting. So the the way that I set up this class is I want them to, I'm going to give them a set of criteria to go explore. So they're going to go research something, a topic, an idea, a concept, a learning theory, something that's already grounded in research. I'll give them a set of criteria that's relatively broad. It's enough to where I know that they should come back with something within a certain range. But they get to explore it how they want to. So I want them to go out and have that sort of autonomy to say, this is what I'm interested in, and then report back. So the way that I set up the class is that that assignment is due every Tuesday. Okay? It's due by midnight and then on Wednesday I will spend the time to go through all of those things and look for commonalities within the replies. The goal there so that's that's a participation grade. So it's really not necessarily about the, you know, some high level of content that they've produced. It's really about <clears throat> excuse me, them exploring and coming back and reporting what they found and then from there I'll find the themes and then I'm going to give a feedback a reaction
0: okay so this to me sounds like this is not just your average um, you know and you put some content online whether it's reading whether it's and then the students either do an assignment or an assessment of some sort and then you give them a grade this sounds like a much more interactive process right and so are you worried at all about the time constraints for you as a professor are, as you, going into this are you concerned as an instructor that i don't know if i'm gonna have time to do this like is that is that a real concern are you are worried about that at all i mean i know you're talking about blending themes together and i think I, if i was talking to a professor about that i think they might go oh that sounds like a lot so w- w- right. what are you doing to sort of prepare for that a ta, a TA. see
1: <laughs> <laughs> excellent um <laughs> Actually, uh, I have my first meeting with my TA today. And so the first thing that we're going to do is we're going to talk about grading and how we're going to approach that. And so we're going to sit down and grade some things together in these first couple of weeks and then make sure that we're both seeing things on the same level and responding to things on the same level so that way he can see what I'm looking for. So I think that's really important. It's like inter-rater reliability. So it's essentially like if you're doing research that was um, qualitative in nature and both of the researchers had to sit down and say, okay, this is how we're going to grade that, here's our criteria, and then make sure everybody's doing essentially the same thing, grading it the same way. So like I said, these are participation grades in the beginning, so it's, it's, it's much more of our participation in an authentic manner, and I've described that as best that I can. So like one of the things I have concerns with is that First of all, I have to set up the expectations for this for the students because they come in with some preset notion of what an online class is, and I might be blowing that up. And so I'm that's that's the whole first week is really just about sort of hoping that I set the tone for the whole course in that their first week uh, attendance assignment is essentially one of these kind of go explore, come back and tell me what you found kind of things. And um, so... From there, I hope that that sets the tone. And then we're repeating it immediately on Tuesday. So, you know, there's foreshadowing. (laughs) And we're going to continue to follow through with it. And then, so my reaction to that on Wednesday then informs the readings that they'll end up getting. And how we're going to further explore that topic. And then how I'm going to corral them. You know what I mean? So from these far-flung ideas that they may come up with, I'll pair those themes down, and then guide them towards their weekly assignment. And their weekly assignment is, so, you know, it's all reactive. You know what I mean? There's nothing that's pre-prescribed. They cannot work ahead. You know, they can't essentially, you know, that this notion of anytime, anywhere online learning is a bit of a myth because it's just a delivery method. Anytime, anywhere is a style of teaching online. And that is not my style, that we're going through this, process together week by week by week, because a core part of learning is that we learn from each other. That's not just learning psychology, that's learning for everybody. You know, you learn from other people along the way. So in order to promote that kind of interaction, that's why we're doing what we're doing.
0: Yeah, and you, I mean, I think you bring up a really important point Um, throughout working with faculty this last year and a half. I've, I've kind of seen that fear of this is not what they expect. And then are they gonna be mad at me or are they gonna email or be, is it gonna be more of a headache than anything else? And I think what you just described is what we really have to focus on if we wanna go that route. And I mean, I personally, based on you know research and based on discussing with you and based on working with other faculty members, believe that you know the style that you're working at is I think what, what we should all be sort of trying to work into our online courses because you really do want the students to have this interest to be invested with each other going through the journey instead of just I'm reading this and it doesn't matter if I'm reading it the same week as somebody else. I think that brings the sort of similarity to -to face-to-face class where you are literally on a journey with them because you're in the physical classroom with them every week. So I think it's really super important that you get to a point where you are baking this in so to speak so that it's ex- the expectations are right off the bat. Right. I mean like you, I, I think it's a great idea to do your first week assignment, your attendance you know that verification assignment I, I think it's super important for you to put that out there right away.
1: This is what we're about this is, this is ex- what we're doing. This is what it is man <laughs> if you don't
0: want it get out drop it because this is yeah. what we're doing. If, if you came in here you know and you talked about expectations you know I worked in K-12 for 12 years and Online has been a here's a place where we send students that are struggling and it's going to be easy for them So there's a certain amount of that that students come here and think online is going to be easier It's going to be one of those things where I don't have to interact All I have to do is read an assignment take an online test and they Whether they like that or not or whether it's good for them or not. That's their expectation Right, and so it does pose problems and I'm interested to see What the reaction is going to be, especially given that you're doing this right off the bat and being, hey, this is how it's going to be and this is your first assignment. So I'm really interested to talk to you about that next time after we've seen the results and seen what your feedback is. And I'm really excited to sort of kind of uh, almost take the journey with you here as someone who is not an instructor. Um, so I'm, I'm super excited about that. So is there, are there any more specifics about this course in general, specifics in general, um, that you are sort of going, ah, I'm, not, I'm, I'm kind of a little nervous about this because this is uh, off the script a little bit? Yeah. Well, one thing
1: that I, I didn't quite get to on your last question was about the time and whether I'm concerned about the time. And, oh, yeah. and of course I am. I am in- incredibly concerned, at least in the sense that I know that I'm sort of breaking new ground in, partic- in some particular way. And I don't know if I've done a good enough job setting up the scenario for the students. Um, and so I'm going to learn a lot from this. And it will, it will get better next time around, hopefully. Um,
0: <laughs> I'm, so, sure we'll. I'm sure. I'm <laughs>
1: sure. So that's the whole part of the process is knowing that somewhere in this, in this process, I'm going to fail. There's something that is not going to work. It's going to fall flat no matter what I've, I've, you know, how well I've prepared. So I don't know what those things are either. So what you do is you just keep putting your best foot forward and then you react as best that you can. So one of the most important things for me in an online class that and all of the research that we've done and all of the talking that we've done to students and being an online student is that feedback from a faculty member is gold. It is the, the the lifeblood of what you live on as a student. You just want to know, am I doing well? You know, that that approval, essentially, from a faculty member for to a student is just, it's mind-blowing how amazingly powerful that is. So that's my most important thing that I know that, okay, in this process, if there's anything that I can do to make it as best as I can in this sort of experimental class <laughs> is to give the feedback, is to be as present as possible for it. So I've prepared myself for that from a mental standpoint as well as a time standpoint. I know that this semester I'm going to be devoting a larger amount of time to this class. So if there were anything I could say is that if a faculty member wanted to do something like this is you kind of have two choices. If you have a heavy load in a particular semester, then I would not recommend, you know, like doing this kind of wholesale change implement a portion of it, make small changes at a time, and then see how that goes, and then you can iterate over time. Um, Or, you know, if you talk to your uh, program director or or whoever's in charge of your program and say, hey, you know, I really want to kind of mess with this class, and, you know, I have some freedom this semester in order to be able to do that, because it's going to take time to do it. I think that we need to focus on that sort of thing and hopefully the Center for Innovative Teaching and Learning can start to help with that. You know, as we start to build data and and things, you know, we can provide resources for faculty that want to do some different things online and sort of explore the realm a little differently.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think I just keep going back to this, this feedback model and I just keep thinking It's similar to what you just said. This is not something now because you've designed this course, you know, wide open how you wanted to do it. You were able to sort of go, okay, I know that this is how I want my students to learn. I know that feedback is essential. Um, Online is one of those things where you have to really put in effort for feedback because you don't have that face to face. You can't just go, hey, so and so, you did a great job. You know, there's it takes extra work if it's not face to face. So. And I think it's awesome, but I, th- I think what you said there really struck something with me, um, especially as a designer. Even if your course has been prepared for you, even if you've been teaching this course this way for X amount of years and it's worked just fine, so you you know you're hesitant to change. I mean, adding one module assignment or just one assignment where you allow students to go do this research, report back to you, like you're talked about with this assignment that we're going to kind of explore, especially after this week. And then you give feedback in in a theme or in certain things that you know that you want students to sort of understand about this topic. I think that's something that's very doable for everyone. Um, I'd really what I'd really love to see happen throughout you know the recording of this and throughout my exploration of it is to have some faculty members I'm working with or just faculty members that happen to be listening to this to try it, dabble a little bit, get in there and try something different, just yeah. one little bit. And you know what, like you said you got to expect to fail. It's going to happen. Like, none of us are perfect. None of us are going to make the perfect assignment that never needs to be changed. So have a little bit of fun with it. Try something different. And, you know, it's really, honestly, just this conversation with you has inspired me to be a little more proactive when I work with faculty members and say, hey, why don't we give this a shot and just see what happens? Yeah. You know, because I think at the end of the day, we all want our students to be excited about what we're doing. And I don't care if it's the best for your topic to do it a certain way. In other words, maybe reading and, you know, um, multiple choice is literally the best way. I I don't know that's true, but let's just say it is for your subject. It doesn't mean that we shouldn't try to maybe create a little bit of excitement and a little bit more interaction and a little bit more feedback that's going to create, like we talked about earlier in this episode, that sort of innate or not innate because it's creative, but that desire to learn more about it or to be excited about the subject. Right. And I think on some level as an instructor, because you teach that, don't you want them to be excited about it? Even if it's <laughs> the most boring statistic what I no no offense, statistics teachers, but we all know some of that stuff gets a little boring at times. Um don't you want them to be excited if you're teaching it? Because at some point, you're passionate about it. Like that's I, right. Through your experience and what we've talked about, we know you're excited about you know, the psychology of learning. This is something that, I mean, can you count on the number of hands, on your hands, the amount of times we've discussed this oh, no. in the office? No, you, you love talking about it. I love picking your brain about it. And so you've, just with that sort of feedback with me, created excitement about it. So we all want that same experience with our students. And I think that's where instead of looking at it like, oh, Otis, because you're doing reading and because you're doing multiple choice, that's just not good. That's not how we need to look at it. We need to look at it like that may be okay for the subject you're teaching, but can we also put some stuff in that it's going to generate excitement for this content? That's right.
1: Because that sort of engagement, especially in an online format where you don't have the immediacy of seeing a student's reaction to something that you say or you being able to you know, be your genuine funny self in front of the class and make your class laugh and put them at ease and that sort of thing. It's not necessarily available online. That immediacy is not available. So then how do we start to cultivate the beauty of a really good classroom in an online environment? How do do we take the best of that and use the technology to our advantage in order to be able to do that? So that's the whole thing about being, you know, I, I just... I have a really strong belief that classes should not be stagnant, because if the face-to-face class were designed like a stagnant online class, then essentially you would come in and hit play on your video, and then you would leave, and you'd never talk to your students, right? And then they would take a test in a couple of weeks after all the videos they watched, and you told them to go home and read their book. So... The point here is that, you know, all of the faculty that I've talked to that are reticent about going online, the thing that they are are worried about losing is that immediacy, the ability to interact with their students. And so that's what, you know, as technology continues to advance, as we come up with new ideas to move forward, that we can start to bridge that gap or find new ways that that are unique to the online environment to be able to do that and to create a connection.
0: Yeah, that's that sounds really cool, and I'm, I'm excited about this journey, Otis. I really am. Um, I think you know at some points today, in the, in this first episode, we talked a lot about generalities right. and a lot about you know overall. Here's concepts that that, and, and, but I'm ex, I'm really excited about getting into your course in the coming weeks and finding out this assignment i really want to get into it and say here's here's what happened here's how the ta interacted with it here's how you interacted with it here's how the students reacted to it because i think at the end of the day this is what's really going to help us get some good information about ways to incorporate it into our courses Um, specifically for me as a designer that's what i'm interested about most is okay my and i can't wait to sit in a meeting with somebody and say hey You know, Otis did this assignment, and here's how it went, and here's how, here was the reaction. And so, I think we can do that multiple times throughout your course this semester, and you can learn, I can learn, and hopefully, people that are listening to this can also learn ways to improve their course and maybe ways that we failed as we go through the course, too. And that's okay, because I think, you know, personal pride and gets in the way of so much innovation because we're scared that. What if I look bad? Well, hey, we're going to look bad, and it's going to happen. And the only way to get better and to make online what I know you, Otis, and I really want it to look like, which is an amazing online course experience for these students where they're going to take a lot with them out of the course, is to just kind of experiment and see how it goes. And we're using the best best research of the time. I know that you are with your course. You are using um, the best research that we have right now that says, the way that students learn and how to make that happen online and your activities are doing this. So this is your first week, Otis. I know. What I mean, as we are coming to a close of this podcast and looking forward to the next few weeks and, and seeing how these things um, play out if you could tell your future self one thing right now what would you say like you know in a couple weeks maybe you're oh man this is too much for me what is there anything that you would just say hey future otis in the course don't forget this don't forget this one thing
1: i I think it's just to maintain your enthusiasm for the subject to be honest um I, i if if I can translate that in the way that I communicate to the students about why I'm passionate about this, then it will be an experience that they'll remember because it, it's, you can't help it. It's a, you know, cause essentially I'm telling stories and stories are really powerful and connective and we all know that. And so it, um, if we can get down to that sort of level in telling stories, because even statistics have great stories, you know what I mean? Um, one of my favorite math teachers from this university, Leon Hardy, has great stories about math. And um, he made that class amazing because of it. And uh, so I, that's what I want to do. I want to be able to sort of bring that enthusiasm. And if we do that, then I think it'll end up being okay. There's going to be bumps in the road. There's going to be things I could have done better. But it, it's going to be okay as long as we just you know keep the enthusiasm level up for the content.
0: That sounds great. And I think that's, especially as we put this out for the first week of courses, What a great reminder to all of us, um, whether you're you're a professor, whether you're an adjunct, whether you are a staff member, it doesn't matter what you are, the enthusiasm about the university, about your subject, you know, something to just keep focused. I know we get bogged down with, well, administration this or parent, you know, students this, they're this way. You know, we can can think of all those negative things. But if you have that one focus about the enthusiasm for what you do, Whatever it is, your passion for your subject matter, that the students can't help but feel that. If you, if you, if you show it to them, they can't help but see it. Yeah. They can also see when you're bogged down and upset too. They, they, they know. I mean, in my many years as a high school teacher, trust me, students will look at me in two minutes and go, you're having a bad day today, Mr. Z. I'm like, yeah, <laughs> listen, it's fine. So maintain that enthusiasm. First week of class is starting right now. And uh, we hope you'll join us again next week or in two weeks when we do this episode again and we talk about how Otis's class is going. I'm excited, Otis. I really enjoy this. And I think we're going to all learn a lot uh, taking this journey with you.
1: Yeah. Um, if those of you listening to this, let us know if there's anything that you're interested in and we'll answer your questions too.
0: Is there a good way for them to contact anyone? Why don't you? Well, just send
1: me an email owilder at mail.usf.edu. And I will be uh, happy to throw this to Ricky, and we'll put it in the podcast.
0: Sounds good, Otis. We'll see you next time.
1: All right. See you, everybody.